Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman, and this is Mind Over Magic. Big day today. We got a trivia showdown, you know, right? Yeah. There's another person here. That's because we got a guest. We got Michael Kent joining Hey-o. us here in the, it's not really a studio, it's really a Zoom room, I guess. Quarantine. What are you going to do? It's quarantine. Yeah, it's what are your studios? Do? But uh, we got Michael Ken. Super excited up, to chat with him. Welcome, Michael, to the show. Good to be here. I like your podcast. Thank I've you. I've to a few of them. Thanks for coming on. Oh, we definitely Great. appreciate that. Uh, we yeah, might as man. well uh, introduce you. We're going to introduce you the way that we introduced each other at the, the episode. But you're our first guest on the show. So we're just going to oh, kind of go with the flow. So welcome to that. Um, yeah. So, so we're going to just guess what we know about you <laughs> and uh, feel free to correct us. <laughs> and the all truth right? is we should do pretty good. I mean, I'm realizing it now. We yeah. go back. We all, I think, go back about 10 years-ish. Pro- at least, something yeah, like it's that. probably about 10 years. Yeah, but so we should have some info. Let's yeah. um, let's go further than that. Uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I always like to go guess where you were born. I know you live in Ohio, but you were were you born in Columbus? Are you asking or are you saying my intro? Uh, this is how this game works: is we guess <laughs> and you correct. Uh, the answer is no. I was not born in Columbus. Okay. All right, where was in, that? in Ohio though? In Ohio, I was born yes. in Ohio. Yeah. Okay, Sandusky. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Dayton. Okay. Uh, you're getting closer. The, the whole oh. thing isn't about guessing. You can just okay. correct it oh, as you go. I thought this was go. like 20 questions about everything about my life. It takes up the whole hour. Yeah. <laughs> now, where what is it? Where is it? shoe are you? Uh, I was born in Springfield, Ohio, but I grew up in Urbana, Ohio. Oh, okay. Oh, great. I should have yeah. known that. I feel Home of like. Little Giants, the movie. And then, ah. oh, really? <laughs> Then yes. you then you got into magic. I'm gonna say at a young age you got a magic kit. Uh, what's the what's the magic story, right? Like the, the traditional, yeah. like uh, like like middle school earlier, Were you earlier than that, earlier. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was Disney, uh, Disney World, the the Main Street Magic Shop, uh, Classic. six or seven, something like that. So that predates the magic kits. Yeah, uh, the magic kits came soon after. But, yeah, uh, that's yeah. It's, it's a lifelong thing. Uh, and then, uh, then we met, uh, I mean, f- feel whoa, free to, whoa, we met, we met, you're just skipping over college. I, was, I mean, we <laughs> that's gotta, true. That's true. We yeah. got to drop a quick Ohio state. <laughs> we just jumped 20 years. I, I was going to say, feel free to fill in with other accolades, but yeah, I was going <laughs> to touch up on college too, but yeah, I think you nailed that, Matt. Uh, Ohio state. Yes. Ohio state. You got it. Yeah. And, uh, big into the drum program. Drums. Yeah. Went you to Ohio th- state to play. I thought I was going to be a music major. Much like okay. Mr. Diddleman. I was a music uh, major, yeah. But I, see, I know more about you than you know about me, Eric. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but, and then I decided uh, not to. I, I I can't remember why. You know, it's college. You make make up your mind a million different times, but yeah. And what did you study instead? Communication. Communi- I, you know, I knew yeah. that too, actually. Yeah, yeah no, you, you definitely didn't. told me that. No, you told me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we talked about that. I was a comm minor, so. Okay. Yeah. It's funny because I knew about the, uh, I believe you were like a drum major for the marching band and stuff like that. Or well, at least I wasn't a drum, drum major. I was like the head drummer. Right. Because but I remember. marching band, drum major is the guy who, who has the baton. Yeah, I remember that. So it, there's a, it's a big difference. 
but uh, for for me, yeah, I was like the I was like the head drummer for a couple of years. Because because when we I don't call it that, but I think know. when I first met you, or at least one of the first conferences we went to, your big decision for that showcase was to wear your marching band jacket, and I remember oh, yeah. us still having photos of you <laughs> with that red like uh, OSU jacket or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, well, that was from high school. That was oh, from uh, high school. I, even oh, better. I had my high school marching band jacket, which is like your your stereotypical Sergeant Pepper's mm-hmm. marching band jacket, and I wore it at a showcase. So there were there for three days at this conference, and I wore it and I performed in it, and I didn't wear it the second or third day. Oh no! And nobody knew who I was. <laughs> Come on, communications major. I I did a horrible branding job. <laughs> but also, I don't want to be the guy who has to wear the jacket everywhere I go. Nah. So it was uh, it was that too, you know. But it was just dumb of me because literally someone said, oh, were you wearing that jacket yesterday? <laughs> I was like, ah, yeah. should have kept the weird jacket on. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. fit me anymore. It's so. like a disguise, though. That kind of comes in handy sometimes, especially if you've done like TV stuff and you're wearing that stuff, and then you go out and you're like just change, and no one could recognize it. You. Was <laughs> it was either Bob Seger or Rick Springfield that said, "You know all of my songs, but I could walk down the street and nobody knows what I look like." Mm-hmm. Well, I like, think that's kind of neat, though. It is cool, you know. It's and like and I've heard the same thing about Copperfield too. If David Copperfield puts a hat on. Uh, and walks down the street. Nobody knows what he looks like. You know, if he's wearing his leather jacket and his hoodie. Well, he is a master of illusion. <laughs> now, I, I got a he question. He can walk through the Great Wall of China and nobody knows who's doing it. Does the drumming venture into like uh, traditional, like sitting at a drum kit drumming as well or strictly yeah. marching band for you? Yeah, both. Um, both. It started with, it st- well, I... I would say that uh, growing up, the drum kit, like playing, you know, I played in like garage bands all growing up and stuff. That's awesome. And then since college, man, you know, all I have is the hobby of being able to play. And I haven't even had my drum kit set up for probably 10 years because. And now you do. Mm-hmm. This area. Well, I don't now. I don't oh, now because oh. uh, this area is where my drums were. And now it's a studio. Oh. I don't really have room. Plus, I have dogs who aren't old enough to have ever heard me drum. So I'd probably give him a heart attack if I did start playing. Right. So yeah. I love playing the drums. So now I just play on like a practice pad and that's about it. Or sometimes I'll go and I'll play with the Ohio State alumni marching band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. a lot of fun, but it's mostly just drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but yeah. you are not a drummer. You are a magician. Uh, people yeah. are going to be who, who aren't familiar with you. Or you just think you're, you just drum. Uh, you uh, we met uh, at one of these college conferences. What, what that must have been ten years ago now. Probably yeah. about yeah. ten years exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wild. And uh, you were definitely one of the nicest guys that we I, I met. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Matt would say the same. Yeah, Thank I can you. vouch for that. I can also vouch for not just magician. I think I believe yeah. it's comic magician smartass. Those all, all three still. Yeah. <laughs> that is the branding. There you go. <laughs> it's more than just the branding, though. The comic mm-hmm. magician smartass is also sort of like uh, my filter that I use to build the character and the material. Yeah, absolutely. So like I, yeah, it helps me. It puts a constraint on whatever I decide that I can choose for a repertoire. Because I, if it's it, my rule is that it has to be two of those three things, or else I don't do it. Mm, that's so great. It can be it can be comic and magic. It can be smartass and comedy and not magic. It, you know, but it has yep. to have that two of those elements. That's great. That's great. Yeah, that's really good. Isn't uh, that weird? You put constraints on your creativity, and it makes you more creative. 
Yeah, there's uh, actually I a think whole it's helpful, yeah. pr- principle. The uh, the beautiful constraint, I think, is a book about how art really Ooh. flourishes in the uh, when you have limitations and rules and guidelines. I mean, even just coming up with these virtual shows, that was a whole new creative aspect because you're you're so limited by what you can perform. You really have to think what first fits in the box, and then you kind of have to like like jam toward the edge of the box boxes to see how far you can go and it creates this weird shape uh Mm -hmm. if you're if you're following my visual metaphor (laughs) it's the it's the lotus coming up out of the mud right to add more metaphors yeah and uh and uh i'm trying to think of another metaphor and i just blanked (laughs) so in terms of his bio yeah, oh, right. That's, we're still in the bio. So, can we just make the whole show my bio, and then I, can I, th- just... I no, Michael. At this point, I think it's going to be. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> well, well. Uh, I mean, I can vouch that you're one of the funniest uh, comedian magicians uh, that I I'm a big working fan today. Of. Working, working today. today. You do you. a lot of the colleges. Uh, you were very known uh, for your chicken trick. Which yes. is also part of your branding, but also I had never seen anyone uh, use. You you now use a live like a like a real chicken a in your chicken. show, a raw chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, every show, it's ridiculous. It's great. It's great. Right, I'm, I don't want to spoil it. I'm vegan and uncomfortable now. I'm vegan <laughs> and uncomfortable. Um, I'm going to jump into one quick accolade. Uh, forgive me if I jumped over a a, a career performing mm-hmm. professionally for colleges and corporate and all that, but. Uh, Penn and Teller fool us. Yeah. So you jumped on there, yeah. And because you, you do a phenomenal job we, with the the multiplying bottles. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that episode pulled 1.5 million viewers that night. AGT was on and pulled 15. Oh, 15 million. <laughs> That's the difference between the CW and NBC. Well, uh, do you you know Bill Malone, Michael? Uh, not personally, but but I, you know I, who that is. I know his material. Yeah. Um. He's phenomenal sleight of hand artist, one of the best in the world. But anyway, recently mentioned to me seeing that performance because he was, you know, thinking about doing something with multiplying bottles in some way. And, and he came across your foolish performance and just said, wow, the, the, this guy's like unbelievable at it. And oh, I wanted to pass man. it on. Thank you so it, much. I just got chills. That's it mean, amazing. It, it really means something pretty special coming oh, from someone like that. You know, I can tell I'm you it's alone. great, but... When when Bill mm. Malone says it, it's yeah. uh, it's, it's pretty darn cool, and because he's a funny guy himself, you know, he's so. amazing. Yeah, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I once came up. His his whole claim to fame is the, or at least when I was coming up, was the Sam the Bellhop routine. Yes. And if you're not familiar, this is the idea that you shuffle a deck of cards and you tell a story, and as you're telling the story, you're turning over cards that go along with the story. And there have been different adaptations of that. And I once came up with a version about it about where I live, about Columbus, Ohio, using different streets and different bars and stuff. I came up with this whole thing. I never performed it. I don't remember any of it. But I think about how valuable that would be to my career. It's one of those things that just fell by the wayside. But I, uh, wait, wait till you see my show someday. Yeah. <laughs> Why? What's? Uh, it's a, it's a card story. Like I mean, I'll let Derek uh, Eric tell it. But I mean, not not explain it. But yeah. I mean, rather Last than brag time about I was it in myself. Vegas, you the one day that I had free, you were dark. Right. So I, I didn't that was why we did lunch instead. <laughs> yeah, we did. We had lunch. He was like, Michael Kent's coming to town. I'm closing the show. No. <laughs> but um, it, it definitely brings card story to a different uh, yeah. space. Awesome. Yeah. Not it's, different space, but different level. It's it's a new card story every night in Matt's show. So he's taking it's, that it evolves every bell, show. bellhop oh. idea, uh, but it's different. 
That's do you know what do you know what Bill Malone brought to it? Because it really, I mean, the the concept of it dates back to at least the fifties. But I, I don't think know probably, the history of it at all. No. Well, the the cool thing is, card stories as you see them today are all one hundred percent done Bill Malone style. He is the first person to incorporate the false shuffles and the flourishes oh. into the idea. So before that makes that, it a magic trick. It's not a magic yeah. trick before that. It's just a story. It, it, it was a magic trick in that it had a couple of straight cuts in the middle of it. Yeah. And I That's think even it. so, without any shuffles, a lot of lay people would probably still be impressed by a card story without shuffles because the idea of a deck of cards being in order is sort of a foreign concept, I think, you know, mm-hmm. unless it's brand new. But for them right. to have this completely seemingly obscure order and it's telling a story that you know is is a magical thing in and of itself. Yes. So. Nice. So. And uh, just to go back to the bio for a second, just to hit a couple more accolades and then we can move on to uh, more <laughs> discussions, but this is great. Uh, this is really good. I know you won uh, Entertainer of the Year for yeah. the college woo, market, woo. which is a huge yeah. accolade. And I don't think they even give it out anymore. They don't, no. The, <laughs> I, I, I won Entertainer of the Year the same year that I was named Magician of the Year wow. by a different organization, and it happened the same week. Wow. And I didn't even know about the Magician of the Year thing. I didn't know it existed. Yeah, but that's uh, I got those those emails within the same week. It was crazy. And it was great for my career for, for a yeah. little while. I mean, it was, you know, obviously those two things sound great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the magazine that does the one award doesn't even exist no, anymore. I so <laughs> I, got, I got one of those before uh, it, cl- it shuttered its doors. And I believe, Matt, you got one, too. Best male performer. I think I got the same that award. Sounds amazing. <laughs> we are both different years, male performers. I Twitter agree. Bio. I agree. It <laughs> sounds bio, amazing. Gentlemen. I agree. It sounds amazing in quotes, but that didn't stop me from putting it on the signs. Yeah. Oh no, of course not. <laughs> uh, and and really, like some of these awards, like that one, actually meant something to us. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah. outside of the industry, I don't no, know how much right. any of this stuff means. Right. Yeah. I uh, I got one here in Vegas. Recently, uh, at some point, I past couple years, and it was best non musical headliner. <laughs> that was the that was the wording, best non musical headliner. What is that they've, like? They've got to come up with a better name for that. You got to word that. It's like best, best male variety performer. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah. non musical. Like, yeah. what are you trying to Listen, say? We've got the constraints now. We need the creativity. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow, Jinx. Yeah, I mean. That's why we're podcast co-hosts. That's why we got this chemistry flowing right now. That's it. That's roommate Um, energy right there. And I know now, I mean, we're jumping way ahead now in virtual world. Not only are you doing your virtual shows, but you're also started two projects that we should plug right away, but we'll plug them again uh, later. But you got your, uh, is the weekly live stream show. Both of them are weekly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your weekly live stream, a joke story trick, which I actually help write jokes for. Yeah. We just text back and forth, like some of those monologue style, weekend update style news jokes. I help you write with that. The stupid uh, news, we call it. The stupid news. And uh, you've also got your pot- new podcast, Tell Me What to Google, uh, which I'm really enjoying because I love trivia. And I'm a little worried that later we're going to do a trivia showdown. And now you might uh, put me to the test with your trivia knowledge. I love trivia as well. Uh, <laughs> wow. Trivia is one of those things that, I mean, I when I had time and, and friends... I would go and play trivia at the bar, you know, back when there were bars and same. And I, I really, really enjoy it. But the, the whole point of the tell me what to Google was this idea that like, I love, 
I would start these threads on Facebook just for fun. Like, hey, what's something you've learned recently that surprised you? Mm. Just because I love reading the answers and I love like, oh, I didn't know that. Let me Google it. And so that's kind of where the podcast came from. Uh, and I'm only on I'm working on the third episode right now. I actually wrote most of it today. And it's my favorite one of the three so far. But to give you an idea, the first episode was uh, Captain Crunch or excuse me, Captain Crunch yeah, has a real a name, like a longer actual real name. And we explore that whole real name. Do you know what this is, Matt? Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, I know what Cap'n Crunch is, and I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, do you know you've heard you've heard of his whole his full name? I, I was not aware that he had a full name. By he no, does not yeah. at all. His actual name is Horatio Magellan Crunch. Wow. And yeah. that's not just like fan fiction. That's that's actual the the, the company that made the right. character named right. him that. So, and there's a whole backstory about where he's from and where he lived. It's really strange that there's all those details, but yeah, it's a and character that's through, lived for f- f- 60 years. He goes through all these other mascots too. As like, a Can I ask quiz. a question about it? I mean, it sounds like you did the research. So <laughs> yeah, I spent uh, a week on it. I, I hope I have the answer. <laughs> well, I mean, did it start? I mean, was the full name initially on the box and it got shortened? It was. Oh no, okay. no. The full name was never on the box. The full mm. name was, was there at the conception of the character. However, got it. Um, Got it. Because back in 63, Captain Crunch became a thing and you could join a kids club. And I found a certificate that made you it was called the crew kit and the their certificate has the full name on it. So wow. right there from the 60s, from the start, they had this full name and full backstory. But it's always been Captain because they were going for the alliterative thing with the whole the whole serial started because they wanted a crunchy cereal. So good old Horatio. Horatio. Yeah. Horatio. Yeah, it's it's been fun. This this next episode's about uh, dung beetles, which is a lot, it's it's been a lot of fun to write today. <laughs> and where do people find that that new podcast? It's called Tell Me What to Google, and it's available wherever you get podcasts. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, when you're done with this one, just search for Tell Me What to Google. Uh, finish this one first, and then go and search for that one, and subscribe and and rate and review and all that fun stuff. Absolutely, yeah. that's very cool. And how many episodes are you in? I'm working on the third one. So yeah, this so is this a brand is brand new. new. People have an opportunity to get in on the ground floor here. Yeah, yeah. There's only two episodes to listen to at this point. That's that's an easy catch up. I like it, and I love the I love the angle on it too. Yeah, it's something fun, and and it. I like that there's no category that I'm locked into. Literally, just whatever people say that week, I'll go and spend. You know, it, it's about a 20 minute podcast. It's not a long podcast. So you're podcasting now. We we've been through a lot of the bio at this point, but yeah. before we finish it. Throw us something that we missed that you're proud of. That might be a little uncomfortable, but like, give us a nice humble brag. That's exactly what I was going to say. Brag about yourself. <laughs> uh, I celebrated my 14th wedding anniversary last month. Wow. wow. That's Congratulations. Great. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, did you I got do something married. special? No, because, you know, pandemic. Actually, I did. I, uh, I had this idea of making like a homemade charcuterie board. So I went to, to Whole Foods and bought way too much uh cheese and meat and <laughs> wine and we i made like a charcuterie board with all she loves olives so olives and grapes and the whole thing and and then i just uh i did that and grilled up some steak and that was it man we didn't do a whole lot of uh anything outside of the house but we don't really leave the house a whole lot anyway so yeah no i hear you did you meet Very in cool. school uh we did not meet in oh. school we we uh went to school together mm. same major same communications, years. not we, drumming. Communication. She was also a <laughs> communication major. Uh, probably had a lot of the same classes, but never met. Ohio State's a big, 
a mm-hmm. big college. So mm-hmm. uh, never met. We figured out after the fact. We met uh, one year after graduation. Uh, figured out after the fact that we had probably been in classes together and that she would not have given me the time of day being a band nerd. <laughs> it's that double-edged uh, sword with instruments, I'll tell you. Yeah. People are either in it if, uh, if you're in a rock band or once you say you're in marching band, you kind of lose all hope. Until you find the right person. Yeah, that's right. Time flies, but I I really believe it's time to do some trivia. Not a riddle. I want to start with trivia, and I'll tell you why. Oh, you want to do the trivia right away? Yeah, yeah. Because Michael to talk about, but sure, let's do it. Well, no, I think we're. Are we? Are we early? I think we're almost there for. I think. I thought we were close to trivia time. No. No, not yet. But that's okay. Oh, let's do it. You know what? No. Are we doing (laughs) it? (laughs) Well, now that we talk about it for ten minutes, we got (laughs) it. All right. All right, no. I I'm, will. I, I will be 100 content if you guys want to take out my hour-long bio uh, <laughs> in the, sh- the post production of this episode. No, this is a casual podcast. We leave it all in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In or that we case, could... I'll just put it on my website. <laughs> <laughs> so no, the reason I want to normally we do the uh, riddle first, but I, since Michael and I are going to work together to solve the riddle, I want him to warm up with the trivia. So he's That's like good. hot okay. and ready to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do so it. get this. I've got user submitted trivia. User submitted. Oh, wow. Listener listener submitted trivia wow. for the first question. Wow, that's great. Okay. And that uh, makes by me the think way, you like got some trivia from an ex-girlfriend or something. The way that you say that's like we've this feels like I'm walking into a trap. If you do want to send us uh you know trivia or riddles, uh email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. But uh, we can't start trivia without Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia and that theme song from my brother, which we uh, was missing in the last episode because that was a bank episode. And I feel like we haven't talked in like two weeks, but let's run into this trivia. Let's get this going, Matt. Yeah, First let's all, not we- talk about how weird that theme song was, but let's just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just uh, let's thank Pesci for submitting this question. Oh, lovely. But also, it's, uh, it's very specific. It's actually, it was created for you, Eric because you do work in the college market. So I think oh. it's actually quite good for both parties that okay. we have participating into the trivia game today. Uh, we'll, we'll start with you, Eric. You attended Ithaca College. That is correct. As, as did Pesci, by the way. Yes, was we, have, there. we have chatted. Uh, Pesci works on your show, we should say. Yes, <laughs> uh, absolutely. What year oh, was geez. Ithaca founded? Oh, man. That is a that is a tough question. I've seen the sign. Okay, well, so, it's apparently it's on every picture it's on of the every crest. sign and the crest. And, Michael, uh, don't go googling. Don't go googling Ohio State's found because that's, that's what your I'm question doing right too. now. No, don't do it. Okay, I won't look. Jeez, um, and I and I wanted to estimate, but I already know my estimation skills are horrible. <laughs> Like, like I'm going to be honest, I know this is not the correct answer, but the thing that I'm seeing on the seal and on the sign, uh, like when you enter campus, is 1973, which is not correct, because <laughs> it's been a long, around much longer than that. Do you want it to be multiple choice? Uh, yes, I will need multiple choice for this. However, I'm trying to think. So I know the history of the school. It started as a music conservatory, and it was in downtown Ithaca, and then it went up to the the hill uh and kind of like 
had its own little thing from Cornell. I'm trying to think when Cornell was founded and if that would give me any clues. No, just give me the give me the multiple choice. <laughs> I'm going to need the multiple choice. All right. All right, is it A, 1806, B, 1870, C, 1892, D, 1902? Okay, I had seven in my head the whole time, so I'm going to say 1870. I don't think that's right there. It's 1806. It is 1892. 92. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. I'm letting all the Ithaca bombers down. Pesci predicted this would stump you. He thought it was pretty tough, but it's, you know, apparently it's on the giant stone at the entrance. It's on every image of the crest. So I feel like it's a fair question. Anything with dates, I'm going to get wrong. I'm just going to say that right away. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Michael, did I catch you before you Googled the answer for Ohio State? Well, only because I Googled wrong. So wow. uh, when you said that, Do I said- Do you Google Ohio wrong St- for your podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I have a week for that. Uh, under the time crunch, when you said that, I said Ohio State 1803. And then I was like, ah, that might be state of Ohio. So I Googled Ohio State 1803 mm-hmm. and uh, confirmed that the state of Ohio is 1803. Okay. Okay. Um, so that makes me say Ohio State, which I should know because it, I'm sure, is also on the crests and stuff. Is It's got to be late 1800s. I, I can tell you a ton of other dates, mostly related to marching band. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1922 is the construction of Ohio Stadium. 1936 is the first wow. script Ohio. Really showing um, off. Created, I like it. Created and, and uh, directed by Eugene Weigel. Hold on. Um, Go slower. I'm making a timeline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, what was the date that you said for Ithaca? The multiple choice one that he guessed. Well, do you want your own choices? Yeah, but I want that one because that sounded good. Eighteen, <laughs> late, eighteen. Let's say eight, eighteen sixty. Eighteen sixty. Well, do you want the choices or no? That wasn't yeah, gonna I, be okay, one of them. We'll go choices. We'll go okay, choices. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we've Smart got play. Uh, we've got eighteen oh six. We've soon. got eighteen seventy. We've got eighteen eighty six. Too late. In 1903. 1903 is too late. It's got to be 70. It's got to be 1870. Ding, ding. That's correct. Wait, 70 so is correct. The, we had the same choices. No, you didn't. Did we really? Oh. No, 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 <laughs> okay. no, no, no. They're different. Slightly well, it, different. Yeah. It, just, it has to be, you know, I knew it had to be late 1800s because, uh, I don't know, it just makes sense. The other All big right. difference between OSU and Ithaca is, uh, I believe you are a, what's called a D1 school, and Ithaca yeah. is definitely D3, so uh, in terms <laughs> probably, of our sporting. <laughs> it's probably also a difference of about 50,000 students. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to tie the game, Diddleman, and that's where right. we stop because there's one more question. Okay, but, uh, Michael, you got that right. The category is going to be pu- music, Michael. So I'm going to give you an option here. And these are a little bit later, so the, the question's either going to be music from the 90s or the 2000s. I'm holding my hands up so you know I'm not Googling. Which one do you want, uh, 90s or 2000s for you? And I'll give him the other one. 90s is, is fair. Eric's you want a 90s? younger than I. I think that's fair. I'll take For, 90s. Give him You'll 2000s. take 90s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's fair because my music taste is older. <laughs> is it, yeah. This is, this is going to be a hard one for Eric. I think Michael might know. Let's see. All right. Ready, Eric? Okay. Be, oh, wait. Be you're honest? asking me the 90s one? Yeah. Well, no, no. Oh, he picked yeah. 90s for himself. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Beyonce had five oh, singles geez. reach number one in the 2000s. Three of them were duets or songs featuring another artist. 
Which of these artists was not among those three? Okay, give me the choices. A, A, Sean Paul. Okay. B, Slim Thug. Okay. C, Scarface. Uh D, Jay-Z. Okay, I'm hearing uh, two of these names for the very first time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I believe, uh, I I didn't even realize she could have possibly done a duet with Al Pacino. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that uh, you know. Well, the last question came from Pesci, so. I'll, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't recall hearing uh, all the single ladies in a hoo but uh, <laughs> um, so I'm going to say, I, I don't know, I'm just going to go with it, Scarface, because I'm making jokes about it. Ties the game with a direct answer. Is that an actual person? Uh, I believe so. Let me see. Let me get the background on it. Yeah, Scarface did not join Beyonce (laughs) on a number one hit in the 2000s. So it doesn't explicitly say that he's a real person, but it says he didn't join her. So that's where we're at. (laughs) And I never heard of Scarface or Slim Thug either. Okay, great. I'm assuming those are the two. Yeah, those are the two. All right, Michael, here's your chance to keep it a tie or take the lead. Here we go. 90s in the same same vein of duets. Duets were a big thing in the 90s. Which of the following tandems did not pair up for a number one hit on the Billboard charts? A, George Michael and Elton John. B, Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. C, Ricky Martin and Rob Thomas. D, Puff Daddy, and Faith Evans. Okay, so number one was uh, was uh, definitely Candle in the Wind, done. Number two, One Fine Day, Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. Number three, is that right, One Fine Day? He's really I can hear the off. song. He's giving all the songs, too. <laughs> Number three, so that but the second two, I don't know. So, okay, what was the what was choice C and D? C, we have Ricky Martin and Rob Thomas. D, we have Puff Daddy and Faith Evans. Let's let's talk this through. Do you know Ricky? You know who Ricky Martin? Yeah, and I have I had that Santana duets album, and you Um, know who Rob Thomas is? Oh, oh, was it Rob Thomas and wait, what? Oh, Ricky Martin and Rob Thomas. Oh, I was thinking Santana. Okay, Rob (laughs) Thomas and Ricky Martin. Ooh, and you know Puff Daddy. And, I know and Puff Faith, Daddy and Faith Evans and Faith Evans. Uh, so I think the answer is C. I don't think I don't think Ricky Martin and Rob Thomas did a duet, but because I think that Faith Evans sang a song on P Diddy and the Family album wow, that I P. had. Diddy and the Family. Yeah, I'm pretty wow. sure that they did a song together. So I think the answer is C. Final answer. It's final answer. Ding ding ding! Ah, right he bested me. Oh my gosh! Well done, but you know, Michael. I was in college during all of that, and memories, man. Yeah. Well, I, it was one sweet day, by the way. One sweet day. Yeah. Oh, pretty close mm, on that. That's not very bad. close. Very. One close. fine day is probably some sort of Broadway song. Now, do we have to close this out with the song again, or do we go straight into riddles? No, I think we're good. <laughs> Let, you you want to do the riddle? Let's do the riddle. Yeah, uh, we need a song for that. Yeah, though. absolutely. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! All right, diddle me this, Matt and Michael. And uh, if one of you gets the answer before uh, the other, just 
say you know it. And uh, if not, I'll let you work together. Uh, but a man wanted to enter an exclusive club but did not know the password that was required. He waited by the door and listened. A club member knocked on the door and the doorman said 12 and the member replied 6 and was let in. A second member came to the door and the doorman said 6 and the member replied 3 and was let in. The man thought he had heard enough and walked up to the door. The doorman said 10 and the man replied five, but was not let in. What should he have said instead? Can I can I get a reread on that? Yeah, I'll do the, just briefly. So yes. members go up to the door. Uh, doorman says twelve. The first member says six and goes in. The second. And they're speaking verbally. Yes, they're just going twelve six. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, the uh, the then the next person the the doorman said six and the member said three and was let in. And then the, the man himself went up finally, and he heard enough, walked to the door, doorman said 10, and the man replied 5, but was not let in. What, would he have, what should he have said? This is a tough one. What should he have mm-hmm. said to be let in? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so Talk the it point out. is it's Talk not it half. It's not it, half, correct. That's the point. Because if it was half, half of yeah. t- 10 was 5, you would have been in. So you've got 12 and 6. Then six and three. So those will give you the blueprint of how to solve the correct answer for 10. So I'm trying to find a correlation between 12, six, six, three, and then 10 and something. Yes. But theoretically, the doorman could say other numbers throughout. He could say 20 well. in theory. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me give this some salt. Okay, so we got. Talk it out. Talk it out. Well, I'm going to think about what the answers were as opposed to, let's say the doorman just says whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And you, so the, the answer, the first answer was six. The next answer was three. So is the correct answer one and a half? Oh, so you're thinking just going by the previous answers, but then no one else can enter the club because then you'd have to keep going <laughs> half of that, you, half of that. Yeah, half you go negatives. That. You go negatives. No, you'd you never get negative. You would never you get, get negative. Halfway. You would get like really um, oh right, right. Yeah. Small <laughs> decimals. There's a name for that theory. It's yeah. like the, the halfway. You're always theory. approaching, uh, and you could actually do that theory if you like. If you stand on one wall and you try and get halfway to the wall across from you'll you, you'll never get there. And then yeah. you always go half the distance every time. You'll never actually reach that 12, wall. Six, six, three. Uh, it's funny because you did kind of. Uh, I'll give you guys a hint because you're definitely struggling. Uh, but the um, Matt was like, "Are these?" Odd, you know, verbally said. So imagine, yeah. imagine them. Uh, 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 how how the words are kind of written, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking about, you know, the the number of letters in the words. Uh, so if he says twelve, and he's and the other guy says six, you've got five letters and th- and three letters. Uh, check your math because you're onto something. <laughs> Yeah, so twelve has six letters. Six letters. Yeah, so he's saying uh, the number. Of, that's it. You just you so just the got it. Is three. Yeah. You just got it. The answer is three. You literally stumbled I upon s- it the way Matt tends to stumble upon things <laughs> for these I, riddles. I. Uh, and, but and I, I would have gotten it. Yeah, if spelled, I had the ability to do simple math. Yeah, if you if you were able to count the letters in twelve, I, I was counting words. them under the table on my fingers. I'm like, no, I think it's six. I think that's it. I think he got I, it. In so other the, words, I will always be denied entry to this club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, if you're off by one, you're a mentalist, and you could go to the mentalist club. But uh, it means I'm better. 
Go to uh, so twelve is six letters, and then he says six, and that's three letters. So when he goes up to say ten, he should have said three as well. So uh, the doorman lets in those who answer the number of letters in the word the doorman says. So theoretically, he didn't even have to say numbers, but because it's a riddle, he did that to throw you off. Diddle I love that me riddle, this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's fantastic. I'm glad you, glad you guys enjoyed that. I liked that riddle. I thought that was a fun one. That was one. good. I liked it. It was accessible. And, yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't overly impossible hard, to solve. Right. So that's good. So I did some uh, in person shows this week, guys. Like my first in person shows back. I know. Scary. It, it's it's very strange. It's very strange. Stage uh, shows then? One was a private party that was, you know, they were in their own little bubble and we kept distance uh, as good as possible. Although I don't know how safe. It probably could have been a safer situation is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Because this was a, it was kind of a little party. And I don't want to necessarily assume that uh, some of the murmurings I heard were true. But definitely in the way they were acting, I can make the assumption a little bit more qualified. But uh Let's just say there might have been some uh, some. <laughs> the audience wasn't in the best state of mind for a mental ma- mind reading show <laughs> in terms uh. of their uh, coherent ability. So uh, I tried to stay as safe as possible with that, uh, and that actually was a good learning experience for me uh, because then I actually went and did a uh, later on after uh, you know self quarantining for a bit, uh, did a in person college show. And uh, that one, I was very, very, you know, making sure that I had all the precautions, hand sanitizer on each side of the stage, everyone wearing masks, the audience all separated apart from each other in the audience, not even like just seats, but also rows. So literally they were just spread out, which uh, is horrible for live performances, (laughs) but it's safe. How did that affect reactions? Well, you know how I like to tell jokes. And sometimes, on a good day, they get laughs. <laughs> it's the exact it the- opposite of a comedy club, is what I'm saying. Is because in yeah. a comedy club, they're putting people on top of each other to uh, to kind of get build that laugh that um, that 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 um, that it's kind contagious. of herd herd mentality. Yeah, that contagious. <laughs> no uh, pun intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to- so. To, to build the laugh. And now when you're when everyone's separate, no one wants to be the only one laughing. So they're very reserved. And there's a psychological aspect of that. So even if they think it's funny, they're keeping it in because they just don't want to be that one person who thinks it's yeah. funny. And, and the way I've heard it described is like when they talk about, you know, how a lot of comedy clubs keep the temperature pretty cold or a lot of studios, they call it yes. comedy cold. Yes. Uh, there's something about being uncomfortable that makes things funnier because of exactly what you just described eric mm-hmm. uh you're building tension and then releasing tension that's what comedy is and the tension builds more if you're uncomfortable so that when you do release the tension you release it more heartily and uh you know so when if you have someone sitting on your lap in a comedy club because you're so close together mm-hmm. uh it's it's very uncomfortable situation everyone's on top of each other but you act as a group yeah more more cohesively Mm-hmm. It's so, kind of like that's birds missing. flocking together, right? And they're, you know, when those, you see the birds kind of all move in one direction, like there's that and definitely mentality. We've all done it. shows. We know they're going to be bad as soon as we see the audience because there's no big groups of people that are friends with each other. Mm. Sometimes this can be an issue if you're at like a, a noon performance at a college 
and everyone's either by themselves or ones and twos sitting separate from each other. Uh, you don't get that. Everyone's on their own thing. They might laugh to each other, but not loud as a in the room, you know. And oh man, that's now. There's there's another aspect of performing right now that I'm curious about, Eric. Mm-hmm. And I had this conversation with my friend Cameron right right before we recorded this podcast. If you if something happens to that event, yeah. links back to that event. Mm. Are you concerned with your name being attached to it? Um. Well, I, the the event I think was going to happen <laughs> regardless if I was there or not. So I think right. it's more on the school. Well, itself. let's talk about the private uh, w- party. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one was iffy, but because uh, there was a private party in the news. Mm-hmm. Just about a month ago, it was one of the yeah. first ones where this was a thing. I was like, okay, well, there was a family reunion, right? And there were thirty people there, right? And now two of the elderly people are in the hospital. And yeah. I are are you afraid that? Yeah, well, I I I knew the demographic of this group, mm-hmm. and I knew that they were also kind of self quarantined together, so the bubble itself. Yeah. So I was really the only one coming in from outside that group. Um, so it would have been on me to kind of bring it or carry it. And, you know, I made sure that I had all precautions and everything like that Mm -hmm. so that it wasn't something that I was responsible for. Um, so, so, you know, tons of hand sanitizer, masks, everything like that. So, um, you know, just being, but would you be concerned? The question, right. Is would you, are you, would you be concerned if that, if something did happen, like, and your name's associated there? Um, yeah, I, yeah, a little bit, a little bit concerned. I mean, but uh, but again, I mean, it's all the balance right now of like, you know, finding work in this time and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being able to support yourself. So you, you, there is safety issues. And I mean, people are going out. But there's there's concerns with eating at a restaurant and people are doing yeah. that, too. So it's oh, like, I'm sure there are you know, places where there's probably more exposure than going to a party absolutely. and seeing a mind reader. Absolutely. But it's the visibility of sure. it that I'm that it freaks me out a little bit and yeah I can remember seeing David Copperfield's show pre-pandemic and he has mm-hmm. um hand sanitizers on either side of the stage yeah. and I remember thinking man that's overkill and now we're thinking like man he was the yeah. smartest one of everyone should I He's, should I have announced it on a podcast that's debatable <laughs> you're not the only one i mean there are but, people out there doing it and yeah. it sounds like you did it responsibly and I, yeah i'm being honest about it because it is unprecedented times right now mm-hmm. we're all trying to figure it out and trying to figure out how to survive as entertainers uh but doing it if you're gonna do it do it as safely as possible i mean i can only control the things that i'm able to control uh in terms of actually performing it's uh it's so weird as well too because you know, like with the college show, like because of all the safety precautions I was putting in, it just destroyed the whole flow of the show. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like bringing people up and having the hand sanitizer. I had little microphone covers to cover the microphones that were disposable. So each person could have their own. So there weren't, you know, uh, spraying aerosols. Wow. So I'm keeping up with, you know, as much of the science as possible to know how to keep sure. this as safe as possible. Uh, but I mean, like with anything, there's going to have its risks. Uh, and, you know, thankfully, you know, this was already a couple weeks ago now. So, uh, you know, that quarantine time has passed and, you know, there's, there hasn't been any news getting back to me that anything had happened, you know. So people are, th- those who are being cautious and safe, I mean, I require everyone, 
you know, that was just a given. It, the weird part was that I was dictating the safety terms more than the event holders were, <laughs> it seemed yeah. at times. Yeah. It's so, in your contract. Anyone yeah. that inter- involves themselves has to, you give them personally a nasal swab <laughs> on stage. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. So, so yeah, uh, you know, definitely something I'm thinking about because I do have a couple more in-person gigs lined up. So to keep those safety cautions, you know, precautions in place and to learn from, you know, what I've already done to make it even safer going forward until, you know, again, it's a rarity right now. So it's only a couple times that I've considered doing this and often, to be honest, uh, you know, it's just as uh, fun or easy and safe to do my virtual show too. So, you know, it's just, it's just a happy doing, uh, happy to be working in general, I think is, uh, yeah. is just the, uh, the, the, the silver lining to all this. And, uh, yeah, and not to brag in front of Matt, who hasn't done a show. <laughs> I Dude, I did a shoot yesterday for 11 hours. Wow. That is too long. That what is too that long for? to do a shoot. It's for this, um, like, a, a, it was just a, I, I created some branded videos for mm. a company, and gotcha. it was just several minutes of content, but... Yeah. Like yeah, television yeah. or anything, we had to have a whole crew here—not a whole yeah. crew, but we had right. a, a small team of three, mm-hmm. um, plus you're, me. You're doing the same thing, shots. keeping it safe, and you know. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been more than three because you know right. we definitely could have used more help. It was uh, it was a long day, and it's interesting because if you do something like this normally, you'd be at a studio on set, and the client would be there. But since mm-hmm. they can't be there, they're just there on Zoom hanging out for the entire time from like 2 p.m. till after midnight. Right. It was cra- it was so crazy. Yeah. Yikes. But um, long day, long day. What are you going to do? I, maybe maybe none of us are qualified to talk about this because we haven't done it. But like drive-in shows is kind of the thing that's keeps happening uh, by, yeah. by notable comedians and so on. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Have you been to one? Is, is it happening near you? Has yeah. it happened near you? Do they come near you? Yeah. Um, there's... There's a we have a drive-in south of town here that's had a few um, major major acts coming in and um, they're booking even more and uh, I don't know how much they've got to be selling tickets I'm sure that they're selling tickets uh, I know that Nate uh, Bargatze was is is here maybe this coming weekend and mm-hmm. uh, there are oh gosh there was someone else that I saw that's that's coming in and I think it's so smart. It's yeah. so smart, um, but there are so few drive-ins. Oh, right. I see. I'm not sure how many there are. You know, I thought, wow, what an awful gig for a magician. I thought I would never <laughs> want. No, really, that's how I felt. I yeah. thought, and and maybe I still do. I don't know. Carbonaro's maybe them. not for magicians, but for me. Yeah. Um, who's doing it? Uh, Michael Carbonaro's doing them. Well, that's what I was just about to say. So uh, before that was just a, I don't know, a couple of months back, I saw him when he was in town doing some things, and he mentioned like being excited about wanting to do it, and I'm like, yeah. wow, this is a whole different. Like he wants to do it, he's excited about doing it, and for me, gosh, I just can't imagine what that's like. But um, if there's anyone who would make it work, it would be him. But wow, yeah. I wonder if and, that'll uh, become like a normal thing. Luis Dematos is doing them on his own property. Uh, he's got this studio space. Is he in Spain? Uh, Portugal. Luis? Portugal. So he's got his own property, and he's doing it right there. Uh, I think I don't know if he built a screen or had an inflatable screen put in or something, but he's he's doing them as well. Now I attended the drive-in to see a couple movies. 
So it's not the same as seeing a live performer at a drive-in, but they did have, it was interesting because this was part of the Museum of the Moving Image, my favorite museum here in, in Queens. And uh, they had people like in a little step and repeat area that were broadcasting before the movie to talk about the movies they were about to play. So it was well, kind of cool. a similar idea where they were on the mic and they were kind of introing it. But, uh, you know, I was trying to think in the moment as I was watching, I saw Back to the Future Jurassic Park on two separate nights. I love love the drive-in now. Uh, but um, but uh, before while I was watching, I was thinking, like, is it possible? How would I do a live show at a drive-in? And, I mean, it's very difficult, I think, to do a mind-reading show, for one. But I was like, if I was a magician, it's like, you can just start using the elements around you in impossible ways. So, I mean, I was just thinking the, the, the most amazing effect you would be able to do is the card through window, but use someone's windshield in their car. <laughs> that would be that would amazing. Be That'd be so good. You just throw a deck of cards at someone's car and on the other side of the glass, they're like, that's my car. But it, it, it's more about the uh, using volunteers and all that participatory factors that come with uh you know inherent in magic and mentalism that that makes it very challenging the last time i went to a drive-in movie to let you know how long ago it was it was <laughs> pirates of the caribbean 2 oh wow and i saved my wife's life uh during the movie she choked and i had to give her the heimlich what during Are you trained the in movie. that uh no no wow uh, so she was in the back seat there were four of us Mm -hmm. And I don't know why she was in the back seat with like her girlfriend and I was with my buddy and we were like on a double date and she started choking and and started turning blue. And I leapt from the front seat over the seat to the back seat and grabbed her and pulled her out of the car and gave her the Heimlich. Uh, yeah, I haven't been to a drive in since. That's not why, but that's just uh, it'll wow. stick with me. It's crazy. I'm is it sorry like to in go the off movies? on a tangent, but is it like in the movies where like something no. actually comes out? No, no, it's vomit. It's it's uh, it's a second only. I, Why'd I you ask that happen. question, Matt? <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. I uh, I was doing strolling magic in a restaurant once uh, in my I was a teenager, uh, and someone I told a joke and they choked on a bone or something, and the same thing they the their buddy that they were sitting with gave them the Heimlich, and it was disgusting. It wasn't like the dry chicken bone going flying across the room. It was, yeah, it's just vomit. It's it's really gross. Um, but, you know, like I said, we've been married for 14 years, and she's been alive for all of them. So, Wow. Uh, yeah. That, Crazy. Wow. That, that I, I just brought this podcast to a really <laughs> weird place. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, Save me from doing it. <laughs> yeah, Matt usually likes to end on a downer. Somehow, uh, I, somehow <laughs> I usually yeah end off on something like really dark, just by accident, not realizing how depressing it is. Um, uh, Matt, I did finish Cobra Kai and all the other Karate Kids. That was oh, what how'd I've you get doing. the other two Karate Kids? How'd you I get them if they're gone from Netflix? I, I bought them. Okay, good. <laughs> I good. just went out and bought them. That's dedication, you know, man. <laughs> digital release. Went out and found a family video. Boy, Have the you tuned into bad. any of the... Are you familiar with Cobra Kai at all, Michael, or no? I haven't watched it yet. And uh, after it's listening good. to you guys talk about it on your podcast, I decided I also want to re-watch yes. the original before I watch Cobra Kai. They do um, reference all three movies just as a uh, heads totally. up. Totally. Oh, do uh, they really? They do. So, Matt, the third I thought, one is I very you bad. said that you really need to just see the first one. I, I mean, as a, as like the required reading, yeah. And okay. like, it, you'll get some bonus points. You'll get some mm -hmm. bonus, uh, bonus Easter eggs. 
They do flashbacks. It's flash been a long too, time so. since I've seen yeah. the first one, and mm-hmm. I would say if I have seen the second and third ones, it was maybe once when I was a kid. Like yeah, yeah. So, yeah. There's some extra Easter eggs if you've seen two and three, but oh, I yeah, think it will be even more as the seasons progress. I just want to say now that I've seen Cobra Kai, it is better than it has any right to be. It is so good. Is it really? <laughs> I enjoyed I it. every single episode, uh, and I'm looking forward to season three a lot. So uh, Matt's recommendations are always great, but when he nails these recommendations, they are spot on. You were first I'm, first to the table with uh, Impractical Jokers, and now this one, you're, you're, too, you're killing it, Matt, with these racks. You're really? my only Impractical friend who jokers. thinks I have... Yeah, you're my only friend who says I have good recommendations. <laughs> So, well, you you like the Jokers, yeah? No, no. Wow, that's funny. I can't Why? get on board with it. Why? I don't know. I whenever <laughs> I like see a clip, like a viral clip or something, sure. I always like it. Okay, mm. but that's just not the type of content that I stop on when it comes to television. Mm-hmm. I just can't get into that type of thing. I don't know what it is about it. But in Practical Jokers, you just have to put on True TV and they just play it nonstop. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty much just, just the I don't TV think I like pranks shows. is what it is. I just don't yeah. think I like pranks, especially not these these this new wave of TikTok pranks on the internet. Um, the fake pranks, I, oh, I, I go nuts. I, I, I'm, I know what you mean. You have to make sure Do that you know the person about? getting pranked is just as excited about the prank being done to them. And that's, but that's, that's the thing. But therein lies the problem. Yeah. Um, and and I've got friends, people that I would in my real life call friends who make these prank videos and do, do very too. well with them. I, I do as well. But I just don't like I don't like them. They make me uncomfortable and they make me feel disrespected, like almost like I'm being talked down to for some reason. I don't know mm, what it is, but yeah. um and I think it's because like I know that there are people out there that believe that they're real. Why do I have a problem with that? I shouldn't have a problem with people thinking it's real. You know what I mean? Like people think magic is real. Reality uh, that television. Bother me. How, yeah, that... reality tele- people think reality television is is not scripted. But when it comes to these videos, I, I don't know if it's the short format being stretched out into three minutes. Um, I don't know if it's the like oh, people believe. You know, I don't know what it is. It just rubs me the wrong way. And that's fine. You know, it's personal opinion. And uh, they're doing very well with them. That's cool. That's fine. It's just not for me. So when it comes to Impractical Jokers, I get why it's interesting because of we have this game. And I don't know if you've played this with us, Matt, called What Are the Odds? I don't think so. Eric, that was after. Yeah, I don't love playing it, though. It's not my favorite game. (laughs) Oh, I love playing it. Uh, And so I get why. So the idea of What Are the Odds are you say someone, you give someone a dare, basically. And you say, what are the odds that you do this thing? Mm-hmm. And then based on how much you do or don't want to do it, you give the odds. So if you don't want to do it, you say like one in 500. And then you say one, two, three, and then you both name a number in that range. And if you match, you have to do the thing. Oh, wow. And what inevitably happens is people get bored because no one matches. And then after about 30 minutes of playing, people are like, okay, one in five. And then people start matching and people start doing crazy stuff. And so, and that's kind of like the Impractical Jokers idea of someone saying in your ear, you have to do this thing. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of the same concept. So I get it. I understand why it's fun. I just think it's it's fun if you're part of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be on the inside. Yeah. But if you watch a lot of episodes, you feel like you're part of the those it, It's all the, I'll that. tell you right yeah. now, the whole show is the camaraderie between the four guys. Yeah. That's okay. what the show yeah. is. Um and it's less about like the bigger pranks for me and more about like just the interpersonal stuff that's happening either between them or them and a real human just on the streets. That's well, that's also, what it is for they, me. 
they come from an improv background too. So you see that and how they, they give them, there's a term in improv called pimping, which is you basically give someone a suggestion that is, is hard for them to do because it's like embarrassing them or you're trying to intentionally mess with them. Uh, and that's what their show is essentially. It's just giving them pimping suggestions uh, <laughs> throughout the entire thing. And it's funny how they have to, one, react to that because they know it's a ridiculous suggestion. And then two, uh, how they tackle it in a way that they feel comfortable doing it. Uh, but right. still, I can still see, doing I can see that. Maybe I'll have yeah. to get another shot. Yeah. What happens with me, especially going back to Cobra Kai, is that when people start talking about some media en- enough, I yeah. get turned off. Totally, uh, I get it. This this has happened mm-hmm. a ton of times. This happened. I remember this happening. The first time I remember this happening was, uh, what's the movie with the uh, Avatar? Mm-hmm. Everyone went nuts for Avatar to the point where I was like, I have no interest in seeing Avatar. And then recently, this happened with Baby Yoda. I enjoyed the Mandalorian, but I started hating Baby Yoda. Because is this because everyone... you're a hipster, Michael, and you're like, it's is too popular? I don't think I'm trying to be contrarian about it. Like, I don't think I want to hate Baby Yoda to be different than everyone. I was just kind of like, this feels gross. It feels <laughs> like we're going to put this super cute thing that's going to get everyone talking in this show that would have been good on its own without it. Mandalorian was a great show without it. Uh, you add in Baby Yoda, and it's like, okay, well, now everyone's just talking about Baby Yoda. I don't even know what Yoda looks like, to be totally honest with you. Wait, um, what? Did, no, you heard me. You heard correctly. <laughs> there was no glitch. You heard I, me. I'm stammering right now. Uh, the... Okay, hang on. Uh, what what year were you born, Matt? 88. 88, okay. so, so um, well, born... My wife was born in 90, and she loves Star Wars. <laughs> okay, so that blows that theory out of the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just watched never watched it. all three Karate Kids for you. Oh, man. Does that mean I got to watch Star Wars now? I believe you do. (laughs) So I'm very curious about uh, people that didn't grow up with Star Wars. If It's kind of like Disney World for adults. If you didn't go as a kid, it's not as impressive because it doesn't have the nostalgia hook. Uh, I think that the original three Star Wars movies are much better if if they're a deep part of your, your personal nostalgia. I agree with that. And I didn't go to Disney until I was an adult. And it's just not the same, probably. I mean, clearly not. Yeah, I'm just, you know, it's not the same for me. Yeah. For me, uh, Disney is still very magical. As we talked oh, about, I went there awesome. for the first time when I was like six or seven. Rub it so in. I spent my honeymoon there. Was, I have oh, a love-hate awesome. relationship with Disney, but that's okay. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Why? We'll, we'll get into that. I'm on, that's, a, that's a story for it's another, another podcast. <laughs> hey, listen, I know this is a whole other podcast, too, but like, I just need at least a <laughs> sentence or two on Karate Kid 3 from you. Come on. Oh, I was going to say it was the worst of the three, for sure. Yeah, but, but I mean, but that's it? The Come guy on. Terry is uh, Come on. the worst. <laughs> Did three have Machio? Yeah. He's yep. in all of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Lawrence is only in the first and the start of the second one, but he is the star of Cobra Kai. Well, it's phenomenal. not. Uh, he, Machio is in all of them except the one with Hillary Swank. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch that one. I only watched okay. the, the initial three. Yeah, yeah, I was curious Machios. if they did the whole um, Home Alone thing where they change out the, the main character to be a different person that's similar looking. Oh, right, also right. No, 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 no. No, Machio was there. Miyagi was there. The main villain was there. But then they added a new villain who was, like, very cartoonish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's you'll you'll have time. to catch up before you, if yeah. you give Cobra Kai a try. I will. Yeah, I definitely will. 
And um, uh, let me know how awesomely bad number three is when you get to it. Okay. <laughs> you guys were talking about pranks, and I'm starting to think that I'm getting pranked by Amazon with some of my orders that I've been doing. And this started with um, I wanted a new like phone charger stand that was supposed to charge my phone, my watch, and my iP- uh, AirPods. And it was just like on my desk stand. And I went and like the one I had was broken. It wasn't really working. It was a contactless charger. So I ordered one on Amazon and it came and it was literally not even a charging stand. It was, it was technically a charging stand that it holds your things while it charges, but it does not provide a charge to your items at all. So, so, I mean, you really got to read carefully and you'd think I would learn my lesson after I returned that. Cause I was like, I just don't need a piece of plastic to hold the things that I need to charge and have my what, own cord. That's what mine is. The one that I ordered, but I knew that going into you it. You knew it going in. I wanted one with an actual charger back to it. Yeah. No, mine I, holds the, the things yeah. that charges. But you have to use your own cords and everything, right? Yeah. And the problem is Apple is very weird yeah. about, you know, proprietary yeah. uh, devices and, and, they, you, it's difficult to sell a lightning connector. Yeah, yeah. So you should. Of that. I, you'd think I'd learn my lesson because the next thing I ordered, I was a water bottle that I was like very excited <laughs> about, and uh, I texted this photo to Michael earlier. I've seen. He's he texted oh, me no, this picture. Oh no, this is the prop comedy but here. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is the size. This is. For I know. Those it's of you uh, listening, yeah. This water bottle is literally as big as Eric's head. Maybe big. It's, it's bigger. It's bigger than, than head. my head. Certainly uh, taller. Yeah, way so, taller. So I, I, I didn't read the fine print that it's a gallon-sized water bottle. <laughs> it looks like more than that. I know. That's what I thought because I'm like a gallon's like a milk jug. I know that at least. That's my little reference. I this, know that you say that more. you have trouble estimating, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Did you maybe like you, but you know how much a gallon is. Yeah, but I didn't read, see, I didn't see that part when I ordered. Okay. That's you the missed thing the gallon too. Part. So I that missed that. Sense. Okay. But uh, yeah, this is too much water. This is way yeah. too much. I'm going to, we'll put a photo of it. Because if you yeah. had seen gallon and just been like, yeah, that sounds about how much a normal water bottle is. <laughs> then I would be like, okay, Eric, we need to just work on basic <laughs> measurements with you for a bit. But yeah, if, if you miss it, I can see how on Amazon, you don't get the scale. Yeah, they I, need to put humans for scale. Like, put someone in the photo with the thing. So that and they you know. do that on something. Amazon yeah. has its own thing for that, where it's like a silhouette of a person. Yeah. Have you yeah, seen that? Yeah, right. Yes, yes. That's a water bottle? That is a water bottle. Looks like a case for a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Man, man, when I put booze in that thing. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, you know, it is good. Like, if you're out for the day, I don't know how New Yorkers live. But it seems to me like you'd be out for the day a lot and oh, not yeah. returning home as often. It'd be pretty great to have that, you know, if it weren't so heavy. That's probably the thing is that you need like backpack straps on that thing. Yeah. That's the thing. It's as big as the backpack itself. You you wouldn't be yeah. able to put anything else in your backpack if you threw that Maybe. in there. Does that fit? Yeah. Maybe it, just turn it into a backpack. <laughs> yes. I, I haven't tried it in a backpack, but uh, the way New Yorkers live, uh, you know, in normal times, we would be out for a long time. But uh, luckily, things like stores exist where you could buy water are you or, gonna, are you gonna return it uh you know i might just keep it for the novelty of it yeah <laughs> now that's exactly I mean, what it is put it on the shelf and tell the story next time next time we go uh, you know i go out camping which is never i'll be prepared you should uh we, you and i have a photo together from one of those conferences from many years ago where we sat in a giant chair together 
And That's you should Photoshop like. a photo of that. It'll look like we're small <laughs> and everything else is big. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. speaking of those conferences, Eric, when we go when we do conferences again or mm-hmm. trade shows, that, that would be great. You'd have sit there and have that at your booth, throw some ice in it and, and That's you don't true. Have to go yeah. around and get the different little tiny little paper cups of water. The problem is you gotta fly it in. <laughs> <laughs> you probably gotta ship it ahead of time with banners or whatever you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That counts as my carry-on. <laughs> you probably gotta get like special permission to have that up in your booth. Yeah, that's uh, that that that's just for me. I gotta read the fine print on uh, on uh, on Amazon here. Um, I wanted to touch on one last thing. Uh, I know we're uh, getting close to the end here, but um, uh, because uh, we have Mr. Michael Kent here, and he's the first person I heard this term from, uh, is a term he taught me. And we were kind of talking about this earlier when we were talking about celebrity magicians and that term in an earlier episode. But uh, he taught me the term that he dubbed hustle porn. And uh, it, and you know what this is exactly, Matt, just by uh, by you've seen it, but you didn't have the term approach to it. Yeah, but you, you may not hear the phrase. And I'm I yeah, can't describe it that I, yeah. I didn't invent the, the term hustle porn. I heard this term from a influencer named Colin Karch, Colin Karchner. And Colin is very big on getting kids off of phones, um, off of social media, off of smartphones because of what happens, uh, the the look at what I'm doing, it's not as cool as what you're doing thing. So this t- concept of hustle porn is what all of us, we as entertainers do, and that is, here's a picture of how busy I am. Here's a picture, you know, the picture of the empty theater, hashtag tonight's office, um, the picture of the microphone <laughs> with the blurry background, the picture of uh, us the, on an airplane, the picture of us. All the eating. tour dates, but then more posts of the tour dates with the dates crossed off as you go. <laughs> or sold yeah. out. More, yeah, sold, yeah. Out. Sold, sold out. Sold out. Sold yeah. out. Yeah. With your, with, with your uh, layovers listed as tour dates. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not uh, guilty of that. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> this is just the new version. I can remember when I came up in Magic in the, in the 90s. Uh, guys would would take out an ad in the newspaper with a quote and then in their promo quote that as the newspaper saying it you know what i mean like they would mm. say a quote like the best magician we've ever seen and oh then they would God. feel good about themselves? somehow would would let themselves feel good no they would good. just quote the newspaper itself they would it. quote the newspaper said that right but, because they, they but they're quoting themselves they're quoting themselves oh my god uh, so yeah that would happen now that's a that's a little bit of a different topic than hustle porn because the idea of hustle porn isn't that you're necessarily making up stuff. Mm-hmm. It's that you are so eager to let people know what it is you're doing. And I feel like subconsciously maybe you're doing this for your peers than you are your target audience. Uh, you're doing this for other entertainers to let them know that you're busy and in sort of a humble brag type of way. Um, I'm guilty of this, along yeah. with probably just about every entertainer sure. that's ever had to self-promote. Um, and we you know, text and each I, other back and forth when we have to, like, it just comes part of the job sometimes to promote yourself. And I'm just right. like, Michael, I just had to, to post some hustle porn. <laughs> just yeah, you know, or, that kind of or, stuff. Yeah, or I'll post something and then Eric will screenshot what I posted and send it to me and say <laughs> hashtag hustle porn. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> which is great, you know. Yeah, uh, but it's because necessary it's not evil. It's a necessary evil to an extent. Um, it can also be taken too far. And mm. that's what I've seen this one particular uh, guy rail on is that, especially with kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
there let's let's say that you are a, a kid in grade school and your family is well off and you're constantly taking vacations to different places and taking pictures of you by the beach and you by the pool and all that well there are kids also that have to look at that stuff who are your friends who don't have that stuff who can't afford mm -hmm. that and that's incredibly damaging to a kid to be able to see that type of thing uh and because we compare ourselves as adults to other people yeah kids do it so much more especially adolescents when they're when they're developing their personality it's so it's so damaging i know that a lot of my mental health woes come from comparing myself sure. to others yeah. If I have a week where I don't have any shows and all my entertainer friends are full of shows, mm -hmm. I think something's wrong with me. Right. I think something's like, you know, it's I take it very personally and I shouldn't. That's stupid because I'm working. I'm fortunate. I think that's social media in general, too. It's just like you have the the image you're trying to portray out to the world through your social media. And that could be very different sometimes. You know, you see that all the time with the influencers who are like posting their, you know, sexy photos and one thing. And then like the reality behind what's really making that photo, you yeah. know, going out. So there's there's two real, real perceptions. You know, I think ideally for sanity's sake it would be nice if everyone's two Venn diagrams overlapped completely to be circles, but you know, sometimes they're butting up against each other uh, and just touching tangentially. So it's like two, two different people you're, you're seeing the picture of, and it's all about bragging and trying to be, you know, kind of better than you are. And that ties into, you know, what you have to do as an influencer versus what you have to do as an entertainer. Sometimes I think it all stems from insecurity though. Right. So like mm -hmm. I have, I have, uh, sympathy towards it like I don't yeah. necessarily like it doesn't rub me the wrong way when I see it and and like you said we're all guilty of it at some point but I think I've gotten much better about it over time do you meditate Michael I feel like maybe you I do. do yeah yeah uh you've been at it for a while yes I've I've been meditating for 18 years wow and would you agree that's something that maybe helps with that mindfulness it, it, I would say um it, it definitely does uh make me think less about the approval factor of other people yeah um it it's it's the interesting thing about all this is that i think uh i i know like what eric said we have to do it but i have been rubbed the wrong way by it and i don't know why sometimes it does and why sometimes it doesn't and i don't know if that has to do with the content and that's interesting to me to find out like i think it depends on who it's coming from sometimes too. <laughs> it could but i have good friends where i'm like yeah yeah like I think that intention is important, you know, and I mm -hmm. think that uh, when it's a good friend posting it, I usually know, well, I know that who they are and I know that they're posting this for for the reason of their professional life. I also know that like when you get to a certain level of busyness, you don't have to do it quite as much. Right. Yeah. Matt Franco, you do not have to post that you're on your way to the theater every night. There are billboards that do that. You don't have to. It would be bizarre to. if I did. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> and boring be. for everybody watching it. Oh, he's going to the theater again. <laughs> yeah, but but guys like uh, Eric and I where, you know, save for Eric's television stuff, when we do a show, nobody knows other than that those people. And you want people to know that you're working. You want people mm -hmm. to know that you're successful so that more people see that and say, oh, well, he's tried he's a you know he's a tested professional he's out there working he's not a nobody that we've never heard of that we're hiring or whatever so mm -hmm. there is there is definitely um a thing reputation to it. making stuff yeah 
the double-edged sword for me. I took the tried a little differently instead of like meaning like tried and true. Like, oh, he tried. He tried. <laughs> <laughs> tried and true. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The, 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 the double-edged sword, sword for me with this is uh, I also suffer from imposter syndrome pretty badly mm, yeah. and quite often. Where have you heard of this, Matt? Do you know what this is? The, so I, I didn't know about it either. Um, it's I, I learned about it a few years ago and I was like, wow, I that is me. That's what I feel all the time. I will do something. Uh, I'll get notoriety for doing that thing and then shame myself for feeling proud because I feel like undeserving of that thing and that there are maybe people who know that thing or do that thing better than me. So who am I to do this, right? Who am I to... Um, make a video about false shuffles when Bill Malone is out there or no. you know, like that, yes. that. There's that feeling. And then I heard there was an interview with Neil Armstrong that he felt imposter syndrome when he came back from the moon because he was like, I was just a guy doing my job. I was just doing what I trained to do. It's not anything special. Um, and, and it's a thing that a lot of people feel when I did the entertainer of the year thing and I was on the cover of that magazine. I had an anxiety attack about it mm. because I felt undeserving. Uh, and, mm. and I feel that quite often whenever there's any amount of notoriety about something that I've done. I, um, yeah, I can tell, I'm not familiar with that, that term imposter syndrome as it applies to this, but I can definitely relate to it. I mean, and Bill Malone's a great example, to be honest with you. I mean, anytime I've been on TV doing a card trick, I know that Bill Malone could do it a thousand times better. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> even if he feeling, helps me and, with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and there's, there's that feeling that, and, and that can stop people from doing stuff that can, that can stop us from, from working because uh, you think, well, why would I try doing this? Well, the audience doesn't. You know, this is the first time they've seen it. Well, you got to bring something to the table with it. That's the difference, right? You've got to yeah. bring your X factor to it. You're not going to try to do it like that person. You have to do yeah, it the way that you do it. Right. What's the point in doing it if you know if you're doing it the exact same? Right. I was just going to say Neil Armstrong has imposter syndrome only because the moon landing was faked. So. <laughs> it was an actual <laughs> imposter of an actor in a uh, speech. <laughs> Kidding. Let's not spread more conspiracies. There's too many of that's, those going around. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what this podcast is about, isn't it? So hustle porn, you mentioned it's about yeah. like kids in particular, teens in particular, not uh, with being that's, addicted that's to their I devices. Heard of it. That's right. where I heard it. Well, and not, not specifically being addicted to their devices. That's just what this guy's uh, calling is. That's what his his whole thing is. But he used that term in talking broadly about all of us mm -hmm. bragging about uh, how busy we are all the time. I have to strongly suggest everyone see on Netflix, I think it's called The Social Dilemma? The Social the, Dilemma. Is that what it's called? Have either I've, of you seen this? It's You're on my list. You're the third person today to suggest that listen, I see this. Listen, it is crazy. Now, there was even a little bit of a magic section in it, which I wasn't expecting, and that's not why I'm recommending it, but I, it totally hit <laughs> was home. Was guys doing virtual shows for free from their bedroom? No. <laughs> <laughs> magic just a, follows you around, Matt, wherever you go. It was crazy. There was a section on psychology, which is like a section of magic I've really been dying diving in too hard in these past six mm -hmm. months and always, but like specifically and just kind of the ways that as humans, we can fool ourselves and, and the way that our behavior is slowly changing, not conscious to us, not it's subconscious, yeah. but our behaviors are changing because of AI. Yeah. Because of, we don't even realize that we're developing these tendencies and addictions to devices that we don't even see it because it's so gradual and, and how it's not our fault. We're up against computers. We're battling these crazy computers that are no, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah. I implore anyone, you got to check out this in, documentary. In I'm, well, Michael, 
aren't you aren't you someone who like takes detoxes from Facebook and things like that? Occasionally, yeah, yeah. I do. I do at least once a year. I do a week. I don't do anything severe. Um, so, but you already see the value in it if you're doing I, that. Oh, I definitely see the value. Regarding AI, can I just say, uh, I have been not swearing as much in my real life and in my content because of AI, because I feel like uh, I know that YouTube does, and I feel like other social media platforms are their AI is going to start following suit if it's not already. Uh, not showing content with vulgarity as often as family clean content. Wow. So I've been self-censoring more, which is really interesting. My behavior is changing, but for, a, I think, maybe a positive way. I don't know if that's positive or not. I mean, language is one of those things. But uh, I have definitely been very conscious after losing and regaining my YouTube channel with no explanation, very conscious of every little mm. thing that I do yeah because of the internet robots well mm -hmm. i started doing that uh just when autocorrect on your text messages came and i just didn't everything's ducking keep keep, keep putting <laughs> duck into things <laughs> i just thought you really like that ducks. guy loves ducks <laughs> <laughs> do you have a farm or something what is that with him? he's a regular mcdonald over here yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to watch that documentary. I was actually going to try and watch it before this, but uh, we'll have something to talk about for next week. Uh, but uh, that, that'll that be my goal, is to watch the documentary. I it think. blew me away, man. It really yeah. blew me away. It was really interesting stuff, and the way mm -hmm. they did it was mm -hmm. was good. And, and I'm, I'm yeah. kind of scared to watch it, to be honest, because I know how bad Facebook is for me personally, and uh, I, it's, I battle with it, man. I, I battle with what to ignore and what to engage with daily. On, on that platform and, and they uh, know everything about what you choose to engage with and they show you yeah. more of it Isn't that you know crazy? what never feels bad is promoting shows on there like promoting work i love that always feels healthy is like here's something that i'm doing and i've done because it feels like there's an end goal i know what i'm getting into it's very constrained it's it's when you don't really have structure to the time Mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. it gets yeah. kind of but again you got to do it with the right intent and it's not to just humble brag like that hustle porn we were talking about it's just like i've i'm proud of this generally proud that i've been working you know on this project and i finally accomplished it i think is way different than hey everyone look at this awesome thing you know yeah. like like having that sincerity i think really helps kind of a uh, uh, uh mitigate you know that hustle porn feel yeah, and these two projects where, uh, that I'm currently working on, I was just going to say, these two projects I'm currently working on are not necessarily magic-oriented. Mm -hmm. Joke Story Trick has a magic element to it, mm -hmm. yeah. but being that they're not magic-oriented, they feel uh, easier to promote without feeling like hustle porn, mm -hmm. because it's like, here I'm striving outside of my normal thing and doing this thing, and I'm excited to talk about it, and you're not used to hearing me talk about it. and So it doesn't feel like fake. It feels like, plus I'm, I'm having to write these shows every week with right. Eric's help and yeah. a few other guys. and. So I, I don't know. It, it feels more genuine. I know we're running on a longer side, but I'm having a good time. There was something I was, oh, I wanted to just give this little taste from the documentary that I thought was interesting. And maybe you guys knew about this. I don't know. But like, for example, based on just where you're typing from, where your region. So I'm, I'm making this up. But let's say Michael's in Ohio and he types in climate change to Google. Like the suggested search might be climate change hoax might be like the first one that comes up on Google. And if you type it in in New York, it might say something else like uh, mm. climate change is real. 
yeah. will be the first suggestion of what you, you know how it comes up with suggestions at the bottom. Are you yeah. aware of that? Did you know that when you're in different I, regions that it comes up with different stuff? It, I it knew that sense. they kind of track your, uh, not a, even just your region, but all of the analytics about you. So they can tell like based off of what you're clicking and watching, whether you are, uh, you know, Republican, Democrat and so forth. And based off of what you want to see, it's just perpetuating that rabbit hole that you're going down. In fact, there's a uh, podcast from, um, from uh, the New, New York, York Times, Times that yeah, rabbit so hole, good. which is really interesting to see someone's deep dive and how they kind of get swayed politically uh, based off of the YouTube videos I, they're watching. I know you guys, this isn't a political podcast, but let's <laughs> just say if there was another country that had paid a troll farm to put out disinformation, if this hypothetically were to happen during a, a, an election, let's say four years ago, uh, <laughs> it would be really smart to hire that company to target three cities that you know are going to make a big difference mm -hmm. in turning the electoral college. Let's yeah. say those cities are Detroit, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. Let's just say, for an example. Hypothetically. Hypothetically speaking, because <laughs> this isn't a political podcast, uh, it would be really smart to be able to promote stories that you know swayed people's beliefs in a certain way. And over time, I absolutely believe that that could be done and it's it is very scary to think about to think about that all of us are susceptible to this and not even realize it yeah that's yeah that's why it blew my mind that's why the documentary hit me the way it did that's one of the reasons you know it's kind of crazy because you wouldn't think that's possible you think oh well yeah, my mind I, is my own how, yeah how could facebook influence what i think about xyz uh, well it does and you don't even know yeah. what's happening i didn't know it's happening you know it just happens it's crazy i'm getting these weird ads for lifelike human masks on facebook what is that trying to tell me i thought you were gonna say blow up dolls no no i 14 year anniversary yeah. <laughs> Touché. Uh, that's great i think we should wrap up here uh we should do some goals uh michael uh thank you for coming on the show uh obviously uh, people can follow up with you on the goals that you're going to uh, tell us that you're working on. Uh, but like, give us your uh, social media handles and uh, yeah. let's social not forget to plug your, uh, also your, your podcast. Uh, tell me what to Google and your live shows um, joke story trick, as well as yeah. your magic shows. So uh, first of all, the magic shows uh, I'm going to go those first because those actually pay money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can just go to Michael Kent live. Michael Kent live. Uh, my my social media is generally just my name. It's at Michael Kent, t Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Joke Story Trick is a weekly live talk show with a guest where we tell jokes, we tell stories, and we do tricks. Uh, and then Tell Me What to Google is a podcast about Googling new information. So you can go to jokestorytrick.com. You can go to tellmewhattogoogle.com. You can go to michaelkentlive.com. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. And do you have any goals? I'm just, that's how we usually wrap up, even though uh, we've yeah. forgotten in the past. Long yeah, term my, or short. Yeah. My goals are to watch Cobra Kai. Yes. Nice. I love it. Best goal we've had so far in the whole thing. Well, is it, was, I feel like maybe that was Eric's goal last time. It might have been. It might have been. <laughs> I accomplished I my it. goal. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make it any worse now. Yeah. People should okay. be doing that. And Social Dilemma, though. I mean, that uh, that's, really good. that's uh, my goal. I already that mentioned that. Me. And to continue making these rare uh, in person shows even safer. So that I don't go. have that uh, guilt. That can you help me develop? Can you help me develop a goal 
Either of you, I don't, I got, I don't have one this week. You just got, you just got so much free time. You don't know what to do. do I've, it I've actually been crazy busy, not just yesterday, okay. but like I feel like for weeks, um, which is weird. Like I'm hoping November I can kick back a bit, like I did, you know, previously during the pandemic, like because it's been mm-hmm. a lot going on. But I'm not sure what it is. I'm trying to achieve less time week. on Facebook, maybe. I, you know what? That actually is true. Not necessarily just Facebook, but social media across the board. You know, it's funny you say that, Michael. That's really good because I've been making a conscious decision for the past three days since I watched it to like, just even, you know what? It can even be addiction to email. I mean, it can be anything like that. So I am trying to be more cognizant of that. Uh, So yeah, we'll go with that. Good, good save. Thank you. And I just want to say the one thing I really took from this podcast was that um, Michael started meditating 18 years ago and then he's celebrating his 14 year anniversary so if i start meditating maybe in four years in four years we'll check back <laughs> i can uh, get get some relationship going is what i'm saying <laughs> hey look hey look next week's Joke. goal next week's goal baby steps you know what i mean Medi- meditate yeah <laughs> for four we'll years be wearing masks then <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you so much everyone for listening uh tune into our uh next week and uh you know like and subscribe us on all the podcasts uh apple podcast stitcher uh google all of them you know wherever you're listening to this give us uh five stars and if you're going to write a comment or two that helps us with the algorithm and follow us on all the social media at my Mind Magic Pod or email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. So uh, Big, thanks thank so you. much. Thanks again, Michael, for being on the show. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me, guys. It's fun. And, and uh, that's it for us. So thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.